Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show. I hope you guys are having a good weekend. It is Sunday, alright? We're almost about to start the week, but thankfully, you know, we just get past these two weeks, and then we have, you know, like I think two weeks where we get an extended weekend. So, just, hell yeah, brother and sister, okay? It's gonna be dope, because it's Christmas, right? I hate Christmas. Well, I don't hate Christmas. I just hate the cold and the snow and just... Eh. Eh. It's disgusting, right? But we're going to cruise through this. We're going to get through the holidays. And then it's going to be the new year. And then we are going to start setting those dumb fucking goals that like 90% of us don't even stick to. Which is going to be fun, right? But on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the urban legend... Slash, I don't know if it's a cryptid. I read on a few sites it's a cryptid, but I'm considering it an urban legend. We are going to be talking about the Slide Rock Bolter. And if it is too short of an episode, I will go into another story about either a lumberjack, like a lumberjack urban legend, or a, I don't know, maybe a cave, a spelunking. I hate that word, but a spelunking little cave horror story that I saw. But I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But before we get into it, I am Dustin McBalls. I am your host with the most, and I am the certified cougar hunter, okay? And like I said on today's episode, five seconds ago, we're going to be talking about the Slide Rock Bolter. So we're taking a trip to Colorado, right? So strap those Crocs on, set them bitches in adventure mode, alright, get a drink, get a fucking snack, maybe get an oxygen tank, because we're going to be up in the fucking mountains, right? We're going to be up in the mountains, just watching this little monster eat up some tourists, okay? So without further ado, let's get into this urban legend on... The Slide Rock Bolter. So, for the people that don't know, including me, because I never heard of the Slide Rock Bolter up until now, the Slide Rock Bolter first appeared in American folklore in the late 19th and early 20th century. It is believed that this enormous creature lives in the Colorado mountains, but only on mountains with a 45 degree angle or higher, okay? And you'll see, you'll figure out why here in a second. This weird and ugly fucking creature has a massive head, small eyes, a large mouth, and a tail similar to a dolphin's tail, but on the slide rock bolter, it has enormous hooks on the end of it, so it can stick into the mountains, alright? But if you need, like, a better description, because if this is kind of confusing, because I thought it was kind of confusing until I saw a picture of it, it basically looks like a massive fucking blobfish with just different attributes. Like, it is ugly. It is the ugliest fucking fish land creature thing. I don't know. It's basically a land blobfish. It is so fucking ugly and weird. It is just... It's literally on steroids, okay? Now, 
this weird blobfish has caused great nervousness amongst tourists who visit the mountain ranges of Colorado. This fearsome animal uses its tail and it hooks it and latches it into like the rocks on the sides of mountains. And when the slide rock bolter latches onto the mountains, it will remain motionless for days, watching and waiting for the perfect opportunity to strike any animal or person, specifically tourists. Okay, I don't know why this thing hates tourists, but it does. It is its main snack. It just gobbles them up, just nom-noms on them relentlessly, okay? Once this creature finds the perfect om- I almost said opportunity because the next word is chomp. But when it finds the perfect opportunity to just chomp on some human flesh, it lifts its tail up and slides down the mountain. And as the slide rock bolter comes barreling down the hill, it's slobbering spit that drools out of the sides of its mouth. You're welcome, Gabby lubes up the ground underneath it to increase the speed of this massive fleshy body. Once it reaches its target, specifically the tourists, it swallows them whole and then uses its speed to carry itself, you know, back up the other side of the mountain where it then latches itself again in the opposite spot of where it was just at. Waiting. For the next batch of tourists to come by. Now, the slide rock bolter, like I said earlier, its favorite meal is tourists. But when the vacation season has passed, basically no living thing is safe from the slide rock bolter. Now, not only is this creature a danger to tourists, but because of its destructive behavior, it has ruined the natural landscape of the Colorado mountains and the beautiful forests of the Colorado valleys. This monster is also allegedly responsible for at least 10 missing tourists a year. Now the story of the slide rock bolter that I'm about to share comes, you know, comes from a name not a name, a man named William Thomas Cox, who was the state forester in Minnesota. Shout out to Minnesota, all right? And he published this book called Fearsome Critters of the Lumber Woods with a Few Desert and Mountain Beasts in 1910. In this collection of lumberjack tales that basically range across all 50 states, William detailed various creatures that workers in the logging industry told stories of. Horrific stories of. So, as William writes in this book about the slide rock bolter, it starts with the forest ranger whose distinct whose district includes the rough county between Ophir Pierks. Pierks, P 
Peaks and the Lizard Head. Conceived... Whoa, hold on, sorry. My writing is a little weird, okay? Now, this ranger conceived the bold idea of deceiving a slide rock bolter to slide down to its own destruction. What they did was they brought out a dummy tourist and outfitted it with a plaid Norfolk jacket, knee breeches, a guidebook to Colorado, and then they filled the dummy with powder and fulminate, ful fulminate, there we go, fulminate caps and posed it in a conspicuous place. If you don't know what that is, basically they filled it up with explosives like TNT and yeah. Well, for this time it would have been TNT. Don't think they had C4 yet, but once, you know, they placed this, you know, dummy tourist in a specific location in this conspicuous place. The next day, the false tourist attracted the attention of a nearby bolter that had been hanging around on the slope of Lizard Head. Once the creature saw the dummy tourist, the bolter attacked, resulting in an explosion that flattened half the buildings in Rico which is a nearby town that was never rebuilt. The remains of the unfortunate bolter made many a meal for the local buzzards that summer. Right? That is actually the end of the urban legend. That took way too fucking... That was way too fucking short. So, wow, 10 minutes? That is weird. Okay, we're going to go, give me, give me like another five minutes to figure out what I'm going to do here because I'm coming up with something on the spot. All right. So just give me, give me two seconds. Okay. So by the way, I cut that. So you guys didn't have to sit here in awkward silence with me for 10 fucking minutes. Cause that would have been awful. We would not have wanted that. That would not have been fun. Right. So I got another, um, Lumberjack, because I thought it'd be fitting since this is a lumberjack, you know, urban legend, to throw in another lumberjack urban legend. So, this one is called The Lumberjack Ghost at the Dungarvan River in Canada. Now, the little background on this urban legend and, you know, set the place of what's going on. During the 19th century, Canada welcomed a high number of immigrants from Europe in what became known as the Great Migration of Canada. You know, French, they all went up there, you know, that's why half of Canada is French. Those jerks in Quebec, sorry. Sorry, Quebecs. I love you, but like, sometimes y'all are just assholes up there, right? And by the mid-19th century, many immigrants that were arriving in Canada were from Ireland and, like I said, France. And they were, you know, specifically the people from Ireland were facing, you know, devastating famine. And this would become the basis of one of the longest enduring ghost stories in New Brunswick, Canada. One of betrayal, murder, and ghostly whales from beyond the grave okay so we're going to jump right into it this is the legend of the dungarvan whooper whooper 
Whooper. Whooper. I think it's Whooper. In the late 19th century, a young Irish cook by the name of Ryan arrived in Canada carrying all his worldly possessions. Among them was a money belt that he had kept on his body at all times as it contained all of his savings. Upon arriving in New Brunswick, Ryan was sent to a lodging camp near the Dungarvan River to work primarily as a cook. But his large frame made him an ideal lumberjack as well. As the cook, part of Ryan's job was to wake up early, prepare breakfast, and wake up the rest of the men by whooping and hollering as loudly as possible. It was said Ryan could wake the dead with his lungs if he wanted to. Though everything seemed to be going well, the boss of the lodging camp was a widely feared and short-tempered man. The, uh, the other lumberjacks were known to follow orders without question. The boss demanded Ryan give up his money belt to add to the camp's funds, but Ryan refused, and although it appeared as if the boss accepted this, inside, he was planning revenge. One cold Sunday morning, the boss woke the men himself and sent them all on a pre-breakfast hunting trip. As Ryan was the cook, he stayed behind with the boss. A couple hours later, when the men returned, Ryan was dead and his money belt was missing. The boss feigned ignorance and claimed Ryan had fallen ill and died. The rest of the men, afraid of what may become of them, chose to believe his story. The boss ordered the men to bury Ryan in a shallow grave in the forest. They all did as they were told without question. That night, the men were awoken by a loud whoops and shrieking coming from seemingly everywhere around them. They searched for the animal they believed was causing the sound, but couldn't find anything as the cries became more pained and torturous. The men realized the screams could only be coming from the dead Ryan. Terrified, the men, including the boss, ran from the camp that night and never returned. Ryan's cries continued to be heard for decades as his story was passed around. In the early 20th century, Reverend Edward Murdoch of Rainus was called to the location of the lodging camp and asked to find a way to silence Ryan's cries. Murdoch led a group to find Ryan's body and took his back well, and took his bones back to Rainus for a proper burial. Though, this was said to put Ryan's spirit to rest. 
many have claimed to still hear Ryan's cries throughout the woods near the... What the... I hate this word. Dungarvan River. There we go. Now, that is the main version, right? That is the main version of that tale. But there are other versions just like with any other urban legend, okay? They, like, these other variations of this legend still mainly all revolve around Ryan being killed or he died. The biggest alteration involves the hunting trip the boss organizes. On that cold winter morning, the boss woke Ryan to go hunting with him, leaving the rest of the men at the camp. And while on the hunt, the boss turned and shot Ryan with the rifle, killing him. He then took his money belt and buried it in the snow to return for it later. When the boss returned to the camp, he told the other men that a bear had attacked him and Ryan. The bear managed to knock him out, and when he woke, he saw the bear dragging Ryan's lifeless body away. That night, the men heard Ryan's screams, and believing the boss was mistaken about his death, they searched through the snow in the forest, right? And in this version, the rest of the lumberjacks didn't run away from the camp, but for over a week continued looking for Ryan. Once they realized that there would be no possible way Ryan was still alive in the blistering cold, because trust me, we know how cold Canada gets. Like, I would say Minnesota is like a mini Canada with how fucking cold it gets. It is dreadful, right? Awful. So, I understand that he would still not be alive, okay? That would make total sense, right? God, it gets fucking cold here and I hate it. They knew after, you know, he not being able to survive that weather, that cold weather, they knew that they were hearing the ghost of Ryan. And every night for the next several weeks, the men froze in fear hearing his ghostly wails. And once spring arrived, each man left and never returned. On another somewhat big variation to the legend switches the roles and makes Ryan the boss who immigrated from Ireland, while the cook is an already established and loved cook. Hold on, I can't scroll down. There we go. But, I don't know. Urban legends are urban legends. So, it's like, I don't know. I This is, this is why I love urban legends, okay? Because they have such a tie to that area's ancestors, and they are just so fucking cool. It's like a little blast to the past, right? And you get to listen to what, you know, they feared and stuff like that. It's just so it's just so fucking cool, right? It is so fucking cool. Um I don't know if they're real, okay? I would be terrified if they were real. So both of those urban legends would be terrifying if they were real, and I'm being so completely honest with you. Be fucking petrifying right? You're just like, I'm just walking through the nice mountains of Colorado, just looking at all the beautiful little nature trails that are going on. And next thing you know, a fucking 15 ton overweight steroid, just burped steroid using blobfish comes and eats me. 
yeah, get fucked. That'd be terrifying. That would be terrifying, right? But I don't know. I love Urban Legends. Urban Legends are literally my favorite fucking thing. It's just classic storytelling. It is awesome. It has ties back to your ancestors in that specific area or... It's, yeah, it's just awesome. I love Urban Legends. Probably my favorite thing that we do on this channel. Urban Legends. So much fucking fun, right? So, sorry this episode was really, really short. Um, I'll make up for it on next week, next weekend, because next weekend, we've got a serial killer. Ooh, serial killer Sunday is back, baby. Ooh. Somebody's gonna get stabbed. Ooh, scary. Ooh, right. It's gonna be good. And this serial killer is from Minnesota, right? Two Minnesota stories in a row, baby. Take that, right? Just kidding. I'm sorry. That was so weird. That was so fucking weird. Um, interviews coming up tomorrow. I'm editing it right now as this one is out. So, it's a good episode. You guys shall enjoy it. I think you guys will enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It was a good fucking episode, right? So, that's all I really got for you guys. Um, let's just get through this week. And I know, I know it sucks. You don't want to go out and buy fucking presents for other people. You're like me, right? You just want to buy shit for yourself, right? You go out, you go out, you go out every year trying to buy something for your family, for your girlfriend, for your kids. And every time you go out there, you end up not buying anything for any of your family members and you end up spending like $1,000 on yourself. Trust me, I've been there, right? I've been there. I do that all the time. Every time this year, every time the holidays come around, I accidentally start shopping for myself and not for other people. So, just remember, right? I don't know where I was going with it. I'm sorry, I blanked. I had, n yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but... That's gonna be the that's gonna be it for this episode. Okay, let's just get through the fucking week. Alright. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And I'll see you guys Tuesday. And I'll see you guys Wednesday, Thursday, and then next Saturday. It's gonna be jam fucking packed this week. Alright? It's gonna be a lot of fucking shit. Alright? So a lot of content, a lot of good content coming your guys' way. Remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. And the most important what the I butchered that. And the most important thing. Stay safe, you beautiful peacocks. I love y'all so much. Thank you for listening. Adios, deuces.